0: This episode of the Midwest Game Nerds Podcast is brought to you by the Midwest Film Nerds Podcast. If you're in the market for funny banter and great discussion revolving around the latest theatrical releases, check out the Midwest Film Nerds Podcast on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or right at MidwestFilmNerds.com. Welcome to the Midwest Game Nerds podcast. I am your host, John. Hey, yeah, you're supposed to say I'm Brian.
1: Oh, really? Yeah, that's fine. Brian.
0: Then we're going to leave that in because it's funny. I'm Alex, and Alex <laughs> is here too. And <laughs> today we're going to go over our first impressions of one of the, my most anticipated games of 2015, Dying Light. But uh, before we get into that, what have uh, what have you guys been playing?
2: Uh, You wouldn't think this after the past two episodes of the Midwest Game Nerds podcast, but I fell back down a hole called Destiny. Oh,
1: God. (laughs) No way. I just
2: just hit level 30 this week. Oh, nice. (laughs) I'm going to have to move the PlayStation into the living room so you can start playing on there, too. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, it's i was not expect, and i and i actually bought the dlc too. oh no <laughs> he's so sucked in yeah i got i totally fell down and it was it was all uh friend of the show rick his fault because rick was like hey uh you guys still playing destiny and like all of us were like no <laughs> and then gojo was like well i kind of really want to do the raid before we like totally give up on it and i was like the
1: new raid or the old one either any, or i guess have or, you guys done it yet or we no? have
2: not done any raids. okay i'll have to get my guy up to 30 so we can you, do it. yeah you need to do it because we need we need the it, bodies. it is fun it's definitely worthwhile i and then that's the thing like i would like to see that part that content in the game yeah. i would like to do a raid just to see how that all works but um yeah, I don't know. It, it, it's all happened so quickly and now I'm addicted and I have to log in and do all the bounties for the day <laughs> and try the daily. I've done like three dailies on my own solo before now. Nice. And that's been pretty insane and I also I got uh, my first exotic was Gellerhorn, like the most sought after rocket launcher. Yeah, I was gonna say
0: the entire internet's One jealous of, of you team. right
2: now because it was your first exotic. It's it's be- and I you know what I got it off of a legendary engram by doing the daily heroic. <laughs> <laughs> Like we make fun of how Rahul the Cryptarch is such a jerk. He's, he Nick calls him a scrub because all he does is just give you garbage from all the engrams <laughs> that you get. And then it's I true. got Gallarhorn from him off of a legendary engram, so Yeah, I wasn't expecting this, and I feel bad because I want to play other games. But I'm just No, like, it has that effect, man. It's it's nuts. I haven't been this addicted to something since like it's the loot Fallout, probably the or Skyrim. Thing just hooks you, and it's bad. Normally, I'm not a loot guy, though. I don't. I, I honestly, I don't know why this one hit me so hard. It's really. <laughs> I, it's. I don't know. Like, I think. I think a lot of it has to do with the idea of you log in and do your stuff for the day, and then you log out, and that's interesting to me. Like a second job. Yeah, which is awesome. Right. It's not like I already have a podcast to run and an actual 40-hour work Well, heartbeat.
0: that's what I found myself doing is I'd wake up Saturday mornings and uh, Megan would still be asleep and I would play Destiny until she wakes up. And by the time she was up, I'd be done doing all like all of my all the bounties, and, bounties and everything for the day. And then
2: I'd just be like, all right, I can get on with the rest of my day now. Yesterday, I was sitting in bed and my Vita's on my nightstand. I just picked up the Vita and did the remote play. You're playing play. it from Vita? Oh, my yeah. God. I can't. Even. That must be hard. Well, it's not that bad if you're doing like patrols because you don't really like yeah, you're not gonna get beaten up, but I would never do like a strike or anything that way. Mm. So yeah.
0: Anyway. Anything else?
2: That's that's, that's it? Been just about it.
1: So <laughs> Brian, what about you? I've actually played a wide variety of things. Um I did do some Destiny because it was really bugging me that I had like three exotic bounties left in my uh, inventory from months ago. Yeah. I finally got my thorn after nobody would help me. I would, I just went and did it myself, and it took <laughs> an hour to and a half. I, I
2: know, the help. I haven't gotten any exotic bounties
1: yet. I had five you'll, of you'll them. You'll get at them. One point. They show up randomly. I'm I, down to one. Okay. It's for uh, bad juju, I think. I did get my. I I bought. Uh, you can use
2: motes of light to buy a, uh, an engram off of Zer. right? And I bought one yesterday and got a gauntlet. So nice. I now have two exotics. But anyway, nice. continue
1: um besides that i started playing hearthstone again which i tried like right when it came out and i liked it a lot because i used to play magic the gathering back yeah. when i was young which and, uh, uh don't ever play with him because it's impossible to beat him at magic the <laughs> gathering yeah it's bullshit but whatever it's not it's not <laughs> you bullshit. just don't know how to play <laughs> Nerd. Anyways. So are you playing hearthstone on pc yeah, okay. I tried to install it on my uh, Nexus Seven, but it it's not really working. It's Not fine so. tuned to that, yeah. Yeah, I think I have the first gen Nexus Seven, okay. so I don't think it's actually powerful enough. But um, <laughs> I would love to be game. able to play that on a tablet. Yeah, it's I've, perfect for that.
2: I played it a little bit on on the iPad, and I didn't I didn't get into it too too much. But it was it's kind of addictive. It's fun. It does have daily bounties too. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know.
1: I don't know. Maybe that'll maybe that'll hook me back um, in. But maybe that's something we can get all of us into. Maybe it's easy to pick up, and um, I don't feel like I'm outclassed by not having is, a bunch of the. Is it cross-platform?
0: Like we can play with each other, yeah. like via yeah. Android or iOS. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, we should all get into that. Then that, that would, would be good. a lot of fun. Yeah,
1: I just I'm hoping at some point they add like I think they're actually working on it. Add a two versus two or something. Yeah, that you can do. Cool. With I heard Magic. that teams. Yeah, um, I also got back into playing Starbound, which Starbound is fucking awesome now. I mean, it was awesome before, but they just pushed through an update that added so much stuff that they've been working on, like in their unstable version for yeah. the last year. How
0: close is it to completion? Are they? Still it's got
1: to be pretty close. I mean, I know they have things they want to finish up, but... As far as, like, the systems and everything that are in the game right now, that's pretty much how it's going to stay, I think from what I understand.
0: That's the big reason I haven't really gotten into it is because I, I want the game to be done so I don't lose things, so I'm getting the full experience. Yeah, you yeah. know, like, I don't want to, like, get into it and then have all, you know, have them take away all my shit. Yeah, they when, don't when do the character happens.
1: wipes and the world wipes that often anymore. That's good. Yeah, I think if once they get to
2: a certain point, there's, there's no kind of wiping that go like i don't think they will do unless there's some kind of big chain like fundamental change they won't right. do a wipe when the final release comes out it'll just be a here's the fight it's not like it's not mmoe in that way like with an mmo if you do the beta you're gonna get wiped when the real game comes out but for early access games like that i think yeah you'd, you'd be okay to play
1: right on yeah that's so. a great game though um i really enjoyed it. i somehow never got into minecraft but for some reason i love playing starbound I felt the same way about Terraria. I think Terraria. Yeah, I never is a sweet liked game. Terraria either.
0: It's very similar to Starbound, but yeah. very different at the same time. Like you know, you have the the 16 bit graphics looking thing going on, and then the crafting that happens. But Starbound definitely looks a lot cooler, yeah, than, uh, than Terraria does. But Terraria was just more accessible to me because it was finished. Yep. So yep. plus, yeah. I have it on Vita and on PC, and it cost me like five dollars for both versions.
1: Yeah. So. Yeah, one of the things they added that really makes the game so much better is now you can upgrade your ship and you can expand it and your ship goes everywhere your character goes. So you can log into any server or single player and you still have your ship with you. Okay. That's pretty awesome. Interesting. And it gets huge when you upgrade it. Like It unfolds like section by section. That's cool. Pretty much doubles in size every time. Awesome. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I haven't checked out Starbound at all. I've, I've wanted to though. So,
1: pretty inexpensive, too. Yeah. Um, I played a little bit of Don't Starve, which I've owned since it came out pretty much and just never played it for some reason. That game is retarded hard. Yeah, it, <laughs> it is. is really hard. It's, it's, fun. it's it's really fun, but it's so hard. Yeah. And I bought it.
0: I had it on uh PC. I purchased it and then I also picked it up when it was free on PSN. Yeah. And uh, I got it free on Vita now, too, I think. And, that yeah, that game is so hard, but it's great. It's a great game. And I love the art style. I think it's amazing, that yeah. Burton kind of
1: sketchiness yeah. to it. Really cool. So. Also did a quick round of FTL this morning. And that didn't go well, as it always does. Yeah, we had a dance party while he was not doing well. Because <laughs> the music's great in that game. It, FTL's awesome. I love awesome. the music, yeah. I actually downloaded the soundtrack for that. Um. Yeah, and then Dying Light, of course. That's what I've spent most of my time with. Yeah, definitely. I
0: think at this point, I probably have about 45 hours logged in the game, which uh, the latest Xbox update allows you to actually see... How much time you put into every game and they compare you to all your friends
2: that's awesome because cool. i i was just thinking earlier i was like i wonder how much time i've actually put
1: into destiny do you, you have time? the destiny uh, app I, on your phone yeah i do yeah because you look it should look it up, should I look it up right now? i'm at 270 <laughs> hours or something now well i, I also looked. i have it on two different
0: systems so i can only give you one of them at a time but yeah. i'm pretty sure the last time i checked it was 82 hours on xbox and somewhere around the same on playstation So I'm running about 160 some odd hours in that game.
2: Where do you know where the stats are?
0: Um, when it brings up, I have to look at it myself.
2: Oh, I got it's under stats.
0: Yeah, the stats panel. (laughs) Imagine that place to look for your stats,
2: and it'll Uh, tell you your game time in the middle of that circle graph. Statistically speaking, (laughs) two days, three hours, and 57 minutes. So 40, almost a little over 50 hours. Right on 52 hours Yeah you're hooked You're in You've got at least another 35 hours in you Before you give up on it I think <laughs> I don't know we'll see I know Nick is Like we, we got Not to go back to Destiny some more This will probably Hopefully be the last episode We talk about Destiny it's until not. Until maybe House <laughs> until of Wolves comes out Yeah until
0: June Because they pushed back The yeah. House of Wolves
2: um, But we Nick and Gojo and I Attempted the Nightfall This week yeah. Twice And we got totally screwed Both times And it was It's hard Like I don't know If you guys have done a Nightfall Which one is it? It's This one's the priest and they've removed the little, the little cubby hole under the uh Yeah, I never under the platform. That. I have my own spot.
1: The spot that's just to the right, the left when you enter or no? That's my secondary spot. I what, have a different what's, spot. What's your normal it's spot? It's like up at the top of that big pile of rocks, like in between the Like start. to the
0: right. When you enter yeah. to the right, there's the path that leads up, leads up to the rocks and then there's like another set of rocks right down that creates a spine that makes that secondary path there. Brian hops up to the top of that and just perches.
1: Okay. If you crouch, you don't get shot too much. And he pretty
0: much sits there and just keeps trying to hit Brian, and I'll just hang back in the corner and just lob grenades at him and rocket launcher.
2: Okay. I'll have to keep that in mind. If I can convince Nick to try it, because Nick gets so frustrated. I think, I think so Nick, frustrated. Nick's probably done with that game. Well, the problem with the that spot close. is
1: only one person will fit.
2: Yeah. yeah. I, no, I know. But I think the way that, it, that we were doing it, we had basically... The first time, we didn't even get to the Archon Priest, because I was being an idiot. The second time... I was up to the left, and Nick was up to the left, like right at the start there, and Gojo was just kind of running around trying to do things, and Gojo died, and then we had the Archon Priest out at this point, so then I went to go and shoot Gallerhorn at the Archon Priest, and it caught the lip of where I was, so I died, <laughs> and then Nick went to jump back up to get me, but he had Blink on, and Blink, Blink stuck, him, yeah. stuck him into the rock and killed oh, him, no. So we just got totally screwed. Like, Nick, Nick had hopped down to go get jo- Gojo, and then he was going to, as soon as I died, he's like, oh, I'll come get you because you'll be easier first, because he hadn't turned on his invisibility yeah. yet. And then, uh, yeah, it just, and then uh, Nick got really frustrated. And I feel bad because I'm the worst player of the three, and I, <laughs> I'm like, I don't carry my weight very well. So I don't know. We'll see. Nick, I, I, I hope Nick sticks around because I do I do want to do the raid, but. I don't know how much more he's gonna, he's gonna want to do.
0: We'll we'll convince him. We'll right. convince him to do it.
2: Yeah, I think we're good so far. We've got Gojo and myself, and then uh, Vass is also. He's he'll help us out. He's done the raid before. He can help us out. Rick's in it. If you join in, Rick hasn't been playing that much. Is the funny thing. Oh, okay. So I don't know if Rick will be along or not. But we've got at least four people, and if Nick comes on, that's five. And then I, I'm sure we can find a sixth somewhere. But yeah, there you go. Enough right about on. Destiny.
0: What else?
1: Are you are you done with what you've played, Brian? Um, leaving off with Dying Light? Yeah, well, I mean, I remember you and I played a bit of GTA Online when we thought the heists were maybe going to drop soon. Yeah, but then they didn't drop. So we could get our sweet high-end pad. Yeah, we bought it. our, like, $300,000 <laughs> yeah. homes. Apparently that's what you need to be a heist leader. Yeah. Oh, really? You have to yeah. have a high-end house to be a heist and leader. And you have to bankroll the whole thing. It's Interesting. money.
2: I wonder if Nick Nick... Nick and Gojo are probably good. Enough we're set. To... Yeah, we have we're good. We okay. have plenty of money. I only have I have like four hundred thousand dollars, but I haven't bought a house yet.
0: <laughs> you only need, like the high end ones. The lowest one is like two hundred thousand. So
2: yeah, but I I was saving up to get my my uh, submarine one point two billion million submarine. <laughs> Sick. I'll live in my submarine. I want a helicopter. That's all I
0: want. Right on. Yeah. I've uh I, I installed The Last of Us and I started playing that. It it's a beautiful game. The controls yeah. are a little wonky for me. Yeah. Um that's kind of the only setback right now. I haven't played it enough to really give it anything. I haven't actually run into any of the clickers yet. I've only been mm. I'm I'm literally in the intro. Uh, I played the Swapper for a bit. That was pretty cool. I got stuck on a level and wanted to throw my game control. Really I did. Hard. I
2: did finish the Swapper. Oh, really? But I like, still. Haven't disappointingly, I did end up looking up. I think one or two levels. Yeah, I just
0: I got angry I, and I was like, I'm, I'm like, I tried doing this one part where you have to like zip yourself through a rock, like a rock formation. Like, there's a yeah, little I tiny which hole part you're talking about. And I and I did it like five or six times. I'm like, this is stupid, and I don't want to do this anymore. But it, it's a great looking game. It's really cool. Yeah. Um, what else have I been playing a little bit of guacamele on the Vita? Cause that game is fun. It's like Castlevania, but with wrestling Yep. Uh, <laughs> and dying light, I've just been playing the hell out of dying light. So
2: I really want to pick up Grim Fandango. Cause oh, I yeah.
1: never, I never played it. Oh, I and did.
2: day of the tentacles is going to come out too. Oh really? Yeah, I know. I didn't right? know
1: that. That's cool. Those were like my favorite type of game back in the day. Totally. Like, adventures. All yeah, man. all, like Maniac Mansion and all yep. that stuff.
2: Yep. Day of the Tentacle was my absolute favorite, and I never did Grim Fandango. Grim so.
0: Fandango's really good. You have to play that one. I'll check it out. We had some friends that were really into that for a minute, the yeah. of were. Yep. Yeah, I know
1: Pete really liked it. Yeah. So. Monkey Island is my favorite, honestly. Yeah. Right. Tom, Tom likes it because it's pirates. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well. yeah. Uh,
0: anyways. All right, moving along here. Before we jump into the, uh, the review of Dying Light, there's... Uh, There's one thing I wanted to talk about regarding um, their little press embargo issue that they had. So Techland said they weren't going to do a press embargo and they ended up releasing the game to reviewers the day before, like literally with like 18 hours of time to play the game and review it before it was released to the public. Yeah. Now I was a little disappointed because I wanted to read some information about the game. I wanted to know what other people thought because I was already pretty pumped to begin with. And, uh, I had just listened to the episode of the Nerdist podcast with uh, Rain Wilson, and he talked about how his son would – he has every means necessary to play Minecraft, but he would rather sit on the internet and watch people play Minecraft. And so I hopped on Twitch, and I started watching the reviewers playing Dying Light. And it – like, as the game – like, I was literally – I had an alarm set for the game to unlock. Like, I was counting down seconds – and I'm watching people play this game and I kept running out to go over to Brian's room and be like dude this just happened <laughs> and like I was it was making me even more excited to watch people play games so yeah. for someone who doesn't who's not really part of the whole like I'm going to watch people play games online for fun kind of community I'm all for it now like especially in respect to this sort of thing if they're going to give people no time to review a game and I can actually watch someone play it for like whatever 10 15 20 minutes like that's awesome. Yeah. Cause it, it gave me a good gist of what the game was about and like how it played and how terrifying it really is. So.
2: Yeah. Uh, I mean that, that's one of the things that's like the bread and butter of giant bomb is that they do things called quick looks where they're usually, they're usually not out until the Preston bar goes up, I think, but they basically record themselves playing the game for an hour like earlier on, and then right. put it up and people can watch them play it. So it's it's a similar thing, and I think a lot of people have realized that, like, that's a great way to figure out whether or not you want to play a game. You right. get to really see how the mechanics work, and and you get a little bit of a taste of the story and things like that. It, especially, like, nowadays, we don't get too many demos for those bigger games that come right. out, but... Yeah, I don't. I mean, I've always been, especially being the youngest in a family of three boys, I was always the one that got to sit there and watch most of the time. Yep. But I like I, I always loved watching you guys play like Final Fantasy VII, and I'd sit there and watch. And then later on, I'd know how to do it all on my own because you guys were like my strategy guide, and be like, oh, well, that didn't yeah. work for John, so I can go and <laughs> do this. But it, it, it's weird. I haven't really got into like the Twitch stuff that I end up watching mostly ends up being things like awesome games done quick or like if somebody gets a game super early or they're doing like a special event or something for the game, then I'll sit down and watch it. But I haven't gotten too much into um, like watching things like dying light. I didn't watch any destiny. I didn't, I haven't done anything like that. And it's weird because I think I kind of, in terms of movies nowadays, I don't really read that many reviews before I see the movie. I like to kind of keep yeah. my mind clear as I go into it. I don't want to take other people's connotations into it with me. But I know that I want to see a movie because of the people involved. And I think I'm the same way with video games. Like, especially, I'll go and pick up indie video games because I know the people that are making them. I've liked their stuff in the past. I'll go and get it. Or I know that I want to play Metal Gear Solid Five because it's... Metal Gear Solid, but things like Dying Light and things like Destiny, I don't really know that, so I think now that I'm starting to, now that we have this podcast and I'm getting back into actually playing, like, newer video games, I think it's going to be more useful than me to check it out that way. Definitely. I think it's a a cool thing to do, but...
1: Yeah, I mean, I honestly wasn't really interested in Dying Light. I was kind of on the fence. Yeah. Because I didn't really like Dead Island that much, honestly. Um, I was looking at Steam today, though, and I only put about four hours into it before I gave up. Yeah. Maybe I should have given it more of a chance. I know I had some hardware issues with it, but...
2: um, I think that game just had issues in general yeah. when it came out. But...
1: It did, but it was... I mean, I...
0: I don't remember how much time I put into it, but quite a bit. And I enjoyed it. I thought it was a lot of fun. It definitely, like, the the one thing, if we're going to start moving, like, gradually moving into the review of Dying Light, the one thing I I, uh, I really liked that they approved upon was the quickness of the controls. Uh, Techland did a great job transitioning from doing, like, these sluggishly, you know, like, it, it was just very slow and cumbersome feeling control scheme to this much more quick-paced, like, very fast action, like, It's very snappy, and I I like that. And I thought that was a good improvement on their part.
2: And Dead Island kind of had that analog melee combat. Right, where you could you kind could of turn make... it
0: on or off. Okay, it
2: was it was something you you could choose but to do. Dying Light does not correct. Have that. It's yeah. literally just trigger pull. You and know? and like the parkour is so important to Dying Light as well. I think it's important that they have that quick mechanic down. Oh, definitely.
0: Yeah. And that's that's one of the things. Like when you go into it, if you're thinking this is going to be just some average first person shooter, it's not. The controls are totally wonky compared to normal first person shooters. Yeah, like. uh your jump button is not the X button on PlayStation. What? And it's not the, you know, the A button on on Xbox. It's the shoulder button. You're hitting R1 to Interesting. jump. So that's your parkour button. Like literally. too yeah. though. Yeah, it's just like Assassin's Creed. Where yeah. Like you're holding down. What, what do you hold down in Assassin's Creed? R2. R2. So R2 to run and do all your fancy footwork and everything in that. So this time it's R1. And... uh when uh, when you want to jump on a ledge, you have to look up. You can't just like jump at a wall and expect to grab onto it. You like literally Assassin's have to. Creed. Yeah, you have mm-hmm. to look at where you want to jump to and grab onto it. So that gra- it, it adds this like extra level of like precision and hand eye coordination, which I think is really cool. It was a little tough to get used to at first, but I really enjoyed it. So
1: yeah, I haven't seen that in a game since Mirror's Edge. Which yeah, I mean, I really liked that game. Honestly, it. it had some shortcomings, but... Who did Mirror's Edge? Was that Activision? It was EA. EA?
2: EA did. And yeah, DICE, suppo- actually. Some, yeah, DICE did. Okay. And supposedly, Mirror's Edge 2 is in the works, but other than like a title card at E3 two years ago, right. I don't think we it's have much... It's
1: supposed to be a reboot, though, from what I've read, which makes it's no sense to me. Weird. Since there's only one of them. Yeah. It's not even that old.
2: No. And... I had a pretty complete story that you could like move on from, but I don't know. Uh, So in in terms of dying light, I I did watch some of the quick look today. To me, I'm kind of wondering like, so you're saying the parkour itself is kind of like, what sets this apart from something like far cry four? This is the best adaptation
0: of a zombie apocalypse game I've ever played. Okay. And this is the perfect combination of like survival horror and first-person shooting that I've ever played. Okay. It is terrifying. It That's the one thing I want to say is, like, it, during the daytime, like, you're definitely doing a lot of scavenging, and, like, you're very out in the open, and it's cool to run around and, like, hit stuff and, like, beat up zombies or whatever. But at nighttime, it completely alters the way you play the game because you're playing it from more of a stealth standpoint. Your parkour is less important because you can't be making a ton of noise or else you're going to attract all kinds of crazy stuff. So that's... That to me, the element of day and night cycle and like just two completely distinct play styles based on the the, the time of day is something that like I've never played a game that like that, and it yeah. create the when it starts getting dark, you start your heart starts beating faster <laughs> because you start getting creeped out and like anxious, and you want to like find the nearest safe house. So like I'll find myself like. It'll be eight p.m. in the game, and there's a guy who comes on the radio, and he's like, "Hey, if you're out there, get to a safe house, just
2: so you know, it's to get in that time." Is that the only way you know? Is there no? Like-
0: there's there's a clock in the okay. game too, but it, like your character Kyle Crane is wearing a watch, and he'll check the watch every once in a while. Like it, he checks it like right around eight o'clock, and then he checks it again at like eight fifty seven because okay. nine o'clock is basically the nighttime. Okay. So like. You find yourself like when you hear that first announcement, like I'll pop to the map real fast and I'll set a waypoint to the closest safe house, and then as soon as it's dark, I'm like I'm there. Like I just like because you start like freaking out, your body tenses up. It's it's like a full, the level of like, I like just sensory interaction is just astounding. And if you have a five point one surround system, it that's sounds rolling, great. Yeah, it's just, a little
1: bit bassy, but it's just something else. Okay, man. so if if if
2: say eight o'clock hits, okay you're nowhere near a safe house yeah you're trying to make your way back but it gets to like eight fifty or what 857 and you have a very high point that you can get to if you run up to that and just sit there you can wait out the night okay
0: if you're high enough yeah the the volatiles which are the big scary ones that like come out at night only yeah they can still get to you if they can see you but the problem is but if you stay quiet
2: yeah if you hold still and just chill you're good okay interesting But if you get back to the safe house, then you can sleep or whatever. Yeah, you
0: can, and that's the thing is you you have some control over the day-night cycle. You can only work during the day if you want. But the best part is, like, when you play at night, everything's doubled. Your experience points are doubled. Like, I mean, the the enemies are harder because they're stronger. Like, things like that. So, like, the the benefit to playing at night is there.
2: So how much does the story –
0: have you guys finished the story? Um, I'm about halfway through it right now and Brian he co opted my game last night and bumped himself like a little bit up, I think. But I don't where where are you at still?
2: I don't even know. So does nowhere near fifty yeah. percent. Are there points in the story that force you into night? At the very beginning of the game
0: it's yes. it it has like it's through the tutorial phase, quote yeah. unquote. They kinda do like the like, okay, you gotta go out at night and do this and then okay, it's daytime, you gotta do this. Like it gives you that, but later on in the game, you have a few missions like in their side quests they're, that that are all they have to be done at night because you have no choice. Like that's just the yeah. way it has to be done. And then there there's a specific story part like about twenty five thirty percent through that you have to go out at night. And okay. The whole point is you have to capture a skin sample off of one of the zombies, and okay. it has to be done at night because this particular type of zombie mm-hmm. only comes out yeah. at night. So stuff like that. It but you do. Like, you can go to sleep at the safe houses and control the day and night cycle if you want. And
2: that's, I was just kind of wondering because I didn't, I don't know, like the, I suppose let me start here. Like, I the way that I play these games a lot is long range like i'm thinking about this kind of in terms of fallout because you cannot that, play this game long range that's the problem i think that's my main barrier is and i'm that the like- same
0: way because when i play fallout or any other kind of first person shooter like you know far cry i'm, I'm sniping like yeah. all the time and this game makes you get into it you have to be a part of the action you bust out a gun and you start firing off rounds. Exactly. Your you, zombies become alert. You get the, the, the their virals, the ones that are super fast and they can climb and they talk to you. That's the creepiest part. The virals come out and like you take a swing at them and they duck and they're like, Oh God, please, no, don't and then they they <laughs> lunge at you and you have no choice but to cut their head off.
2: Like that's messed
0: up. It's terrifying
2: so so there is no do you know as as of right now halfway through the story there's never a point where you're like oh here's my silent sniper rifle i can just sit have, in the high I've, tower and i pick have no silenced
0: off. weapons at all they're Interesting. all like i mean the quietest weapons i have are my hand axes that i've
2: been using lately yeah. that's that's the problem, like I'm never a melee guy in like fallout. I wasn't and like I'm rarely even a melee guy in Skyrim. I'm sitting there with the bow and arrow. Well,
0: Brian's like we were looking at the stats on on the Xbox hub and he has a hundred more zombie kills than I do because he's literally in it like all the time Interesting. yeah well
1: i f- I finished Dead Rising three last year and yeah I, I played through the first one too and yeah i'm I'm more used to the in your face zombie experience yeah, that's like that's what I want to do. I think it's more accurate to what the reality would be not that we're ever going to see a real zombie
0: apocalypse but i think if there ever was one you know you're you're going to be using hand to hand weapons because not everybody's going to have a gun well not everybody's going to have a gun and the logistics and of guns being one. loud yeah, yeah the guns attract attention
1: in the game for sure
0: and little th- and that's that's one of the other like uh the dudes in the hazmat suits with like they've got a, a oxygen tank on the back. And if you pop the valve on the back, they fly yeah. off like a balloon and explode. Not that that's realistic by any means, but it's <laughs> one hilarious. And two, it gets the virals coming at you I'm like sure. hardcore. So But it's uh it's beautiful. It is a gorgeous game. It's definitely what I would consider next generation. Yeah. Even I mean, when playing co-op, sometimes there's a little bit of lagginess between Brian and I, but it wasn't terrible it wasn't hindering to the game experience
2: with the like the the parkour, like i was when i was watching the giant bomb uh the the parkouriness of it all looks amazing with the motion blur that they've kind of incorporated Mm -hmm. to to kind of blur things as you're moving quickly through the world oh yeah it's so that's it's cool
0: running through like a giant field of grass looks gorgeous you know and there's individual blades swaying in the wind yeah
1: the frame rate definitely chugs a bit with the grass.
0: Yeah, it, but it, again, it's not enough, I don't think, to hinder the the experience. Yeah, I
1: mean, surprisingly, large groups of zombies don't really affect the frame rate. Yeah. It's just the grass for some reason.
2: I think Nick is getting really close to buying it. I think he wants to, but... Um... I think I would need a co- like if I I probably wouldn't play the game without it is, co-op. It too is it is
0: definitely it's fun on your own if you're just running around scavenging, but like yeah. doing stuff in the game is like missions and things are way more enjoyable with co-op. Yeah. And yeah. the co-op is exactly what we wanted out of Fallout or not Fallout, I'm sorry, Far Cry. Cry. Exactly the drop-in drop-out that you were looking for. That that to me was really cool cuz it doesn't
2: interrupt your game at all. Yeah. You know? Yeah, like, the it's weird. The only thing, like, I wanted to check out Dead Island, and I never really did play it. Uh, I probably own it on Steam, just like every other game in the universe. But um, I wanted to check it out because of that, uh, the analog combat. Like, that was the thing that had me interested in it. So the fact that Dying Light doesn't have that, kind, of, like, that—that that is the kind of thing. Something like VATS or analog combat is would make me more willing to get in down in there and start doing hand like melee combat
0: okay i mean the analog combat thing is like one thing but what i like about what they have set up is the the um the the damaging system yeah like, if you aim for the head, you're cutting the head. And, like, if you don't cut the head off, you're putting a huge gash in it, and you can see the gash. Like, they do a really nice job of that, I thought. Modeling damage. Yeah, and- modeling damage. You can cut off individual limbs. Like, even when a zombie's body's laying on the ground, you can cut off the leg if you want and just sit there and watch it bleed out. Like, you can, <laughs> you can do that kind of stuff, and it's, it's like like, little bits of detail like that. Or even, like, you'll run into dead zombie bodies that are just laying around, and if you look at them closely, like... They're wavering in the wind. I think that's a really cool thing to see, like just little details like that. But the the combat in general, I think, is really well done because it keeps up with the fast pace of how you're playing the game. So it, it, and one of the other cool things is when you cause a critical hit or like a a stun hit of some sort they do that Romeo must die transparent thing where you can see the bones crack Uh, and it slows everything down. And that's really cool to watch, especially if like you've got a ton of zombies around you and you're just hacking through them. And every other hit is like a critical and it's just, the music does like a, like slows down and everything. Like it creates that kind of bullet time effect. Like just little things like that are really cool. And if, if Gojo is between buying it or not and Nick's between buying it or not, or any of you guys are between buying it or not, I say do it because, it's. I think it's a fantastic game.
1: If you guys all buy it and you play it together, you'll probably have. You more will fun. have so much fun.
2: Is there is there only two player? co-op? Four.
0: It's, f- it's five player. Four. It's five. Well, yeah. It's five because you can have someone drop in and be the zombie.
2: Okay. Yeah. Which
0: we haven't done that mode yet because I know Brian would just hunt me down and kill me. <laughs> of course. So.
2: Yeah, I. You know, I don't know where Gojo is at with it. I know Nick is really interested. If If Nick does pick it up, I probably will. The only thing. Now we're, I'm running into the idea of being a game reviewer where I'm like, I don't know, like I'm already losing a lot of time with Destiny. Like if I picked up Dying Light when I started playing Destiny, then we'd be good. The but,
0: thing is, if you keep playing Destiny the way you have been of like picking it up and doing your things and then putting it down and moving on, like you will find time to play Dying Light. It's true. You'll be, you'll yeah. be fine. It's when true. you
1: get efficient with the daily stuff, you can knock it out in like an hour, hour and a half. Yeah. All of them. Yeah,
0: and uh, I was watching the Kotaku, not Kotaku, it was uh, IGN review of uh, Dying Light, and they were having issues with the running. I don't know if the guy just didn't know how to use the controller properly, but he kept having (laughs) issues for IGN, so maybe. Yeah, he looked like he was having a lot of issues actually hitting the running button or something to that effect, but I, I haven't had any issues with that. Again, we're playing on... Xbox, i and have had some issues
1: like not grabbing onto ledges when i thought i w- really should have you know
0: yeah i have run into that a lot and more now that i have the grappling hook which makes moving around a lot easier and fun yeah it, it makes it super fun <laughs> just think bionic commando awesome yeah and like because that you'll be roof hopping like doing your parkour thing and like there'll be a really high one and you're like pew, and like you latch on and it just zips you right actually up there. more like spider-man
2: so. yeah it's pretty cool that's awesome
0: so and we uh we did a couple of well we only did one of the um quarantine zones which are basically like these zones where you go through and you have to gather supplies and while you're in there there's just like swarms of zombies and like a lot of them are the volatile not volatiles the virals that like run up really fast on you so you kind of you want to pace yourself going through them that was
1: a lot of fun. Also one of the only times you'll see a loading screen.
0: Yeah. There are very few loading screens. It's it's a really Nick and Gojo, if you're listening to this podcast right now, just buy the game. <laughs> just buy it because it's really good. Or wait for it to come out used or something and buy pick up one that's like 10 bucks cheaper or whatever.
2: Well, I don't know if you know. I, I, should, I just revealed this to a few people last night. I do have the Gamers Club unlocked at Best Buy. So if you want $12 off of any brand new game, let me know. How do know. you
0: unlock that? I don't
2: even know what you, you're you just, about. It's a thing that you can buy. Like if you buy it standalone, I think it's like ninety dollars or something like that. But you get it for two years. They had a deal running where if you picked up a game for forty dollars or more, you could get Gamers Club unlocked for another forty dollars, oh. and that gives you twenty percent off of any brand new game. See there, there you go, guys. So if they, like if they want it, I can get it for them for the forty eight dollars plus tax or whatever. That's,
0: but yeah, I I think it's worth every penny. <laughs> I, I bought it. I did the digital download copy of it because I was so amped for it, and I am not disappointed by any
2: means. And I don't ever see myself turning it in or wanting to turn it in. It's I, the, like the biggest thing for me I don't, I'm just not a big zombie kind of guy. Like the zombie games that I really loved, was like, I, like Resident Evil 2 is the pinnacle of zombie games to me. <laughs> like nothing's going to beat Resident Evil 2 ever, ever to me. See, and that's... It's a totally different kind of
0: game, though. I love watching people play Resident Evil games. I never play them myself.
2: <laughs> well, I, yeah, that's one of those games where I absolutely love watching people play it, too. But it's just one of those... Things. I don't know.
1: Like, Did, you, the did idea... you play Resident Evil at all, Brian? Or no? No. No? Hmm. I, I, I played uh, Alone in the Dark. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Back in, like, 1995? Yeah, basically. <laughs> and
0: Alone in the Dark 2 and 3. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the Resident Evil games were more jump-scary. This is far less jump-scary and just, like, overall anxiety. Yeah. That's that's the biggest difference in the scare factor.
2: But And it's not even like the... I don't know. It's just very weird to me. Like, I've never been big. Like, I, the only reason I got into The Walking Dead was because of Willie, and Willie's good at getting people into anything that he likes. But it's it's just not my typical milieu that i want to visit like it's not right. my main thing i'm much more of a sci-fi kind of guy but we can talk about it a little bit more in the in the impending discussion so
0: no that's cool um you had a question about the uh the crafting i think right was that something you wanted to talk about or am i a little bit up?
2: no and and uh, that's one of the things like if in fallout i didn't really care about the crafting much there was a few things that were like yeah you know, you want to get the dark gun because you can disable Deathclaw legs and take them out really easily. But <laughs> it seems like the crafting is a lot more central in Dying Light. Is is that? Do you find yourself relying on it a lot?
0: Uh, it makes your weapons way stronger.
2: Yeah, oh, yeah. So, so a lot of it is like, oh, you're gonna find this lead pipe on the ground, but you can make that lead pipe into the electrified lead pipe, or yes. something like. Yeah. Are you just using a lot of variations of the things that you pick up? Or are there any like unique kind of weapons? Or well, everything's
0: color coded. So like the purple upgrades to your weapons are the ones that are the stronger ones, and blue are weaker, and green are the weakest.
1: Okay, there's um, orange too, which yeah, is above
0: purple. I haven't found any orange ones yet. It's very well, like hmm. um, but the I see myself. I'm trying to build more of the purple ones so that because I now have I've unlocked the ability to cause massive critical hits. And if I have a stronger weapon, the probability of that happening is the same. But if it doesn't happen, at least I'm doing enough damage that the fight doesn't last very long.
2: So does that, do, does is strength going hand-in-hand hand with durability in this case? Like, are the purple weapons the stronger weapons weapons in terms of durability, too? Or they, are they have weaker? more
0: durability in terms of the overall statistic of durability. Like, yeah. you're given a number, like, 40 out of 40, and, like, every hit takes down, like, a notch of durability. But if you're sitting there and you're not very good at what you're doing and you're repeatedly hitting a zombie, your durability goes down a lot faster. Okay. But then you learn, you get the skill later on in the game that makes it so you're more precise with your weapon, which causes
2: your durability to last longer. Okay. So it really so,
1: doesn't take long to unlock yeah. something like that.
2: Yeah. Cause I like, that's one of the, like, I'm one of those guys that, plays an rpg and never spends any of his money because i'm like oh i'm gonna save it up for something later when i really need it <laughs> so i'd be that kind of guy that would Sitting like never be i'd cabs. be i'd be kicking zombies the whole damn game because i don't want to ruin my weapons
0: well luckily there's i mean there's there's shit everywhere for yeah. you to pick up and, and hurt zombies with so it's not it's not like you're at a you know that, that you can't find something i mean there's table legs there's planks of wood there's you know lead pipes but then you you run into some humans and they're they're one of the antagonists in the game and you end up killing these dudes and you can take weapons from them guns you know, guns if you want them you can get guns from them but don't i mean the guns are really not necessary in this game until you get to some of the firefights can later Can you on. can
2: you sell guns? You can sell them to the sh- to the shop people.
0: Everything's sellable,
2: yeah. Okay. Interesting.
0: So, and there's um, one of the things I don't really It's not that I don't like it, but I wish they would have expanded on is you can get different costumes, but they don't have an effect on you by any means. Like I'd like some of the costumes to have like the ability to, you know, have like a defense uh, statistic or some like if you're wearing they're Ed also really lame yeah after playing Dead Rising 3 uh, if you put on like the runner's outfit it doesn't give you more agility it just you look like a runner there's wearing, no there's no Mega Man buster no yeah no, no, no Me- Blanca masks <laughs> no none of that
1: so it's it's definitely a more realistic take on, on that oh yeah for sure thing. I like the atmosphere and stuff but I do feel like the the weapon upgrades just seem kind of samey like everything's Oh, you're going to add fire or electric damage to this. Yeah, you're just adding an element to it. I want something a little more unique, honestly.
2: Okay. Well, maybe maybe I'll let Nick know that if he... I told him last night, because if he wants to pick it up, then we'll go to Best Buy, and I can pick it up with him and get him a little bit off of it. But if he goes and picks it up, maybe I'll go and rent it, and we can do some co-op for a while. And if I really like it, then it might actually I I fight. think you
0: guys really enjoy it, especially if you're playing as a group. Yeah. It is a lot of fun, for okay. sure so interesting any uh final thoughts on that no we're good Everything's so. good. good yep. buy dying light i love it like it's great it is it is a great way to start this new year with new
2: games i think the thing that had me most excited watching the quick look is just and you you told me earlier this week just the lock picking Oh yeah, lock is really good. Actually. I miss doing lock picking because it's the exact same. It's the fallout and, 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 and the controller. Skyrim. The best part about the Xbox controller is it's
0: reactive to it. So mm-hmm. like your, yep. lo- it helps you lock pick faster if you can manipulate properly.
1: Yeah, it's Brian's the, terrible uh, at individual it. Individual trigger feedback. Yeah, that that's the PS4 controller does not have. Yeah, Brian, that's interesting.
0: we would go out on runs, and, and he would be like, you you do this because
1: you're better at it, and I'll just, I'll cover you, and it yeah. Would, that's, yeah, it that's would help. That's the nice part about co-op. I mean, picking locks by yourself is a bit nerve-wracking.
0: Because you run the risk like, of beating up zombies and attracting more, yeah. because you're making so much noise killing them, and then when you're attracting more of them, like that's just, you get kind of frustrated, because you want to pick this lock so bad, but all of a sudden there's like six more zombies on your ass. Like, yeah. so.
2: I I bet the PS4 controller can do individual.
0: It probably well I know they have a motor on either side. about the yeah.
1: touchscreen maybe or the the touchpad maybe. Okay. Yeah, I,
0: actually I didn't look into that. I wonder if the touchpad has any effect on the game. It's, it's probably
1: just for like looking through the map.
2: Yeah, that's what that's what they did in uh Far Cry. So boring. Yeah.
0: Anyways, uh where are we at time wise? Probably got about 20 minutes left I'm guessing. Yeah, just about
1: one uh, last thing. Though. Yeah. No, go ahead. Like we can keep talking. I'm fine. Keep talking about it. If you want, I like yourself was on the fence about buying the game. Yeah. And the last minute thing that swayed me was actually watching those Twitch videos Okay, and watching people play together. Cause I'm a huge fan of any kind of co-op game I can get my hands on. And it just looked really intense and. Satisfying. Amazing, so
2: I haven't done a whole lot of co-op is the thing. Like, I I do see the value in it but a lot of them like I, because I play so many indie games and like smaller things it's not there's not so much co-op going on but Destiny like playing, playing co-op with Gojo and Nick has been a lot of fun. Yeah. So I think um I think uh, like I watched the quick I started watching the quick the giant bomb quick look and they didn't get anywhere like they got to the point where you could do co-op and I think they wanted to do co-op but they couldn't get it arranged properly for that time when they were recording. So maybe I have to see some of how the co-op goes, and if I if I like it, yeah, I, watch
0: us play. Yeah, come yeah. watch us play, or just hop on Twitch, or maybe I can feed out a Twitch feed for yeah. you to watch us play or yeah. something. Like it's the the co-op is cool, and that yeah, the the watching people play on Twitch just amped me up so hard before playing this game, and it, I, I I
1: love it. It has a definitely it's like a decidedly different feel too. When you're playing by yourself, it's it's much scarier, more isolated because you know nobody's there to watch your back. Yeah. But yeah. Um, yeah, so you're way more careful. Actually cooperating and watching each other's back can allow you to do things. Like, I wouldn't do one of those quarantine zones without playing with John. I, by myself, it would just be too much to handle. And it yeah. tells
0: you. I mean, the game says, like, this is a hard area. You may want to use somebody else. Like Yeah. So.
1: All
2: right.
0: Well, cool. In, uh, in keeping with the spirit of our free-roaming sandbox open-world games, um, I kind of wanted to talk about... And, you know, have have a quick discussion here revolving around uh, open world games. Um, they seem to be becoming more frequent. I feel like we're seeing a lot of them, like open world, sandbox, that whole deal. Yeah. And I'm just curious, uh, you know, what, what are some of your favorite sandbox games and what makes them your favorite? You know, whoever wants to start, go ahead.
2: I mean, for me... I think Bethesda's kind of the king of open-world sandbox games. I, I think we can all agree they on that. They pretty much invented
1: yeah. it, from what I understand. Well, uh, yes and no. I think Final Fantasy VII was, like, my first foray into uh, an open-world Well, world I played, game. I mean, Arena, like the original Dagger, or, I mean, the original Elder Scrolls Elder game Scrolls, and- yeah. Yeah, before Daggerfall, which is a little more popular. Yeah,
2: I it, it you know Fallout Three is probably what really really sold me on like open world game. But and then we could but you could talk about like modern day open world games were probably born from like Grand Theft Auto Three. I think that's yeah. where it kind of started, and I don't know if I'd call that one of my favorites, but I'm sure I spent a crap load of time playing it. Yeah, just kind of screwing around and like that's. Uh, well, I'll come back to that, but it, it, I think the ones that stick out for me are probably Grand Theft Auto three and fallout three. Okay. Those are like the two, like, you know, I know people loved Spider-Man two cause it was we were open talking world. about
0: that last night too. Somebody brought it up, mm-hmm. Spider-Man two being a, that was like, world. that
2: was, that's the pinnacle. I think one of the pinnacles of like licensed movie video games is Spider-Man two because people loved things. it so much. But it, it's pretty. It's like it's pretty much Grand Theft Auto, but if you're Spider Man and there aren't any cars. But right on, Brian. What about you? Favorites? Um,
1: well, Fallout Three is definitely up there for me. I mean, I really enjoyed uh, Oblivion and Skyrim too, but I think I logged more time in Fallout.
0: Definitely. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: I, Fallout, I think, was a a big one for everybody. That was like the first.
0: Well, because we we had Elder Scrolls. Uh four. Yeah, Oblivion, Oblivion came out first on, on three six last gen. Yeah. Yeah. And then Fallout came out two years Something after. Something like that, yeah. And I was pumped just seeing that game. I I mean I played the first, you know, the first Fallout games, like in their the isometric view. Yeah. They were super hard, but that wasn't what I wanted. And then I saw Fallout three and I was like, Oh my god, like this is this is amazing. Mm-hmm. I need this. So But I also, I was a big fan. I mean, obviously Skyrim, Far Cry 3 are like my favorites. Skyrim I like because I can pick it up and put it down like over and over again. I have like four different characters and I probably have like 400 hours logged between all of them. So, and I I like Skyrim because, and this is the one thing I I wanted to ask you guys about, like in terms of like Bethesda being the top of their game with with, uh, open world I like the fact that even though it's open world and I can do whatever the hell I want in Skyrim, everything has a storyline. Yeah. Like, every aspect of, like, I'm going to go be a champion. I'm going to be part of the Thieves Guild. Like, every little thing you can do has a distinct storyline. And I think that's what sets them apart from everybody else with open world. Totally. Far Cry... You're running off doing whatever. There's no additional storyline.
2: There's just like weird there is, side quests but where you It doesn't you're, really
0: matter. Yeah. It, it doesn't sway the story in
2: any way, shape or form. Like Nick talked about finding that like murderers cave. That's yeah. like something you have to get a lot of the story out of that yourself. Whereas with Skyrim and Fallout, you're listening to voice actors delivering. It was
0: story driven. Yeah. Which is cool. And I think that's what sets Bethesda apart from everybody else is they they drive everything with story as opposed to you just literally leaving you to the sandbox and letting you do it yourself.
1: And, and I, I mean, go ahead on the other end of the spectrum. I feel like some of the best stories that come out of G, like the newest GTA Five it is the stories of you playing totally. just random shit happening. It's like the yeah. emergent story, like not. Not the actual story. But the, that's I mean, there's, there's,
2: I think there's two kind of things because that happened. Like I remember listening to people talk about Skyrim on on different podcasts, and them just being like, "Dude, I ran into this troll fighting a, uh, fighting a mammoth, and I accidentally oh, yeah. like stepped out where the troll could see me, and then he came up to me and like bludgeoned me to death, and I went, I flew high and they, like people have these little individual stories of like just kind of these confluxes of events that end up popping up in the world randomly and I, yeah. yeah and it's it's some of the most interesting things that you can get out of it so i think it they, like Bethesda i think does have both of those things down and Grand Theft Auto i think also does but i think the beautiful thing about Bethesda's games is that from a first person vantage you are taking part in everything Grand Theft Auto, you go and sit down. Oh, I'm gonna walk up to the A on the map. I go in there and talk to Anthony, and then I have this cutscene that's like, here's a bunch of expletives and oh, go do this mission where you're gonna go murder a hooker and then pick <laughs> up a like, okay, that's fine, but but I I don't like. There's a little bit of removal of participation because you're watching the cutscene, and then on top of that, it's just so like you know, okay, maybe going into a cave and killing thirty Draugr isn't that great either, but. I feel like there's just clearer motivation in, in, in Skyrim and, and while Grand Theft Auto might have like a great story overall, I just love experiencing like the little minutes of, yeah. of Skyrim from minute to minute.
0: Definitely. No, I, I totally agree with you on that. That's I mean Sky Skyrim is light years ahead of everything else <laughs> in, in certain ways, but it's uh, it's definitely the sort of game where I was playing it, and I was like, I would love to play this with friends. And then I played the ESO, uh, when the beta when that came out, and it it wasn't quite the same, and yeah. I was a little bit disappointed in that. But I don't know, I That's, might pick that up again now that it's free to play or yeah. going to be free to play.
2: That's something that well, apparently you have to buy it still, but it's then fine. it's free. and There's yeah. no monthly. But Nick, like Nick was saying all the time. I wish that you could do co-op in in Skyrim because if you could just drop into somebody's game and run around that world and take down dragons, that would be so or, awesome. Or hunt them. Yeah, yeah, it it would be really cool. But that's the thing is that I feel like a lot of open world games, it's easy for me to pass up because a lot of like I, like it's some of the things that I brought up with Far Cry where. I just get kind of paralyzed by indecision when I get dropped into this world and oh you can go and do missions from this guy or you can do them from this person I mean, do, you,
0: and- do you feel like the open world thing is becoming a standard? Like do you feel like um yeah I mean you're seeing a lot more of it obviously like even infamous second son one of my favorite games like that it was considered open world in a way too and it was there was a lot to do you could go all around the map you were confined to a specific area yes but you could go all over that area
2: Yeah I think I think, so. like, obviously, they're, they're games that make a lot of money. Like, that's a lot of the AAAs that we're seeing. We're bringing up all kinds of AAA games that are just open world games. Right. Like, there's not a lot of, uh, like, and the weird thing is, I was going to bring this up. You look at something like Final Fantasy 7, and I think that could be considered an open world game at the time. Yeah. But then you get to something like Final Fantasy 13, which is apparently like hallway shoot game 2.0. I never played 13. Like, that's that's a lot of people's problem with it, is that, like, the world doesn't really open up until 60 hours into the game. But then on top of that, once you, like, get into the open world and then you're like, oh, I'm going to touch down with my airship, you're just in a bunch of hallways where you end up having battles, and it's not that open anymore. So it's kind of interesting that we've so seen So they
0: combined like the normal Final Fantasy mechanic to like the Crisis Core mechanic.
2: A little bit, yeah. Okay. And that's kind of the way that like the the battle system like the battle system's kind of strange in that one too and it's kind of it kind of it's birthed out of Final Fantasy 12 which was kind of birthed out of Kingdom Hearts and Crisis Core. Like it's all See 12 I really liked because
0: I love the universe of Ivalice. Yeah, like, I was a big fan of that. My issue was not it had nothing to do with it being linear. I felt like it was very linear, but I liked that
2: and that's so. I think that's the thing like i I do find myself with all of these open world games coming out that I really miss the idea of like here's your set game like that i that's why I think you like Tomb Raider so much, and I like the uncharted games, and the last of us is that it's much more of a here's your story.' yeah these areas are open but you're still very much working towards like a singular kind of thing like i don't don't want everything to be open world i don't want a grand theft auto and a saint's row and a far cry every year like that to me is just kind of like overkill here's more and more of the same and the differences between something like you know like obviously grand theft auto's got the third person kind of thing going on and then far cry's got kind of first person and but So there's little different flavors here and there, but it open world games, I think a lot of the times, like you run a very close, uh, uh, you're kind of on the tipping point of being like jack of all trades and master of none. Like the problems with Grand Theft Auto game, oh God, the shooting mechanics are terrible, which they've like finally fixed like seven games later, kind of a little bit i still think the shooting mechanics terrible it's a little bit better especially as like you earn skill points and things like that and everybody would like complain about the driving like i picked up grand theft auto 5 and i on 360 and i was like i can't play this game because the driving at the beginning when you don't have any skill is worse than grand theft auto 3 like i can't do this so i i I feel like that a lot more than i have brian i mean you'd be able to chime in on the
1: driving in
0: that game is it i
1: didn't play three very much i didn't like its transition well, five to but... actually back in the day <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's fair but i i think it's uh, what i'm trying to say is that i think it's just really easy when you do an open world game to have so many different mechanics and things that you don't really hone in on any of them well yeah right that's i mean that's kind of the issue with the, the assassin's creed
0: series isn't it like Yeah, they've got different teams of people working on different sections of the game and it just doesn't have a cohesive feel. Yeah, it's kind of all over the place. And that's I mean, I guess that kind of leads to like my next uh, my next question. You guys is how can uh, how can the industry become more innovative when it comes to these sorts of games? Like what do you what do you want to see in open world games moving forward?
2: I think what you really, really need in a successful open world game for me is just a very interesting world. Or or something like the the games where I like you could show me a screenshot in Grand Theft Auto three and I could get you there in tune like I could play I haven't played Grand Theft Auto three in years at this point. But if I pick that up, I could immediately run to the car dealer and get that Banshee because I know exactly where it is like I know details about this world more so than like the city that I live in in real life. <laughs> and i think once you pull that off once you show you can show me a picture of a rock in fallout 3 and i'll be like that's right by you know wherever like that's when you've done a successful open world game to me but as to how you really get there i don't know it's 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 hard i think you need a really good story i think you need interesting characters like it's yeah in terms of actual innovation it's a difficult question. Like, I don't know. What do you, What do you think, Brian?
1: I f- my biggest concern is I feel like, like a lot of these newer games, like Far Cry, um, for instance, they're kind of moving towards, and the Assassin's Creed games, they, they kind of show you where everything is. Like, you don't have to explore to to really find things. Yeah, and that really bothers me because I mean, part of the fun. Of, I mean, I guess it's a different kind of game anyways, but it's still like part of an open world experience to me is exploring and finding your own stuff. And occasionally you have to be pointed in the right direction for story to continue or whatever. But... I mean, just, yeah, just the random encounters, finding, like, a random dungeon or something. That's, that's the most rewarding part. That's
0: something I think Dying Light does really, really well, too. Yeah, it
1: doesn't really point everything out. Right. You have to find it. And there's tons of Easter eggs. Tons hmm. of
0: them. Like, for instance, the Bites Motel, which is one yeah. you see.
1: <laughs> I just found that yeah, yesterday. You'll see,
0: and, and, you know, Total Play on Bates Motel. Like, hilarious. Where there's there is the destiny, uh, there's yeah, a destiny, destiny Easter cave. egg. There's a loot cave where you go in and it just keeps spawning zombies that's over funny. and over and over, and it doesn't stop. That's funny, and that's pretty cool. I mean, the little, little things like that. I think I think Dying Light did a really nice job giving you the opportunity to explore this immersive world that they created, and it's and you don't have to explore. You could just hop through the story all you want, but it's it's fun to just like. Take a break from the story for a second and just go ripping through buildings. Make a and detour and trying to find cool stuff, you know. There's blueprints for new weapons all over the place.
2: I think uh that's a lot of what Skyrim does super well. Like you were saying, like the thing about Skyrim is you're not climbing towers to uncover all the waypoints in the area like right. you do yeah. in Far Cry and Assassin's Creed. You're very much just stumbling across, and then once you cross like a certain threshold, you hear that. Noise that triggers that you're like Oh I've just discovered a new place And you get a little bit of experience for doing it And then you can be like What's actually going on around here There's no
1: icon pointing out every chest Like come on just You should have to investigate and explore
2: Like the the, the Far Cry map is just such a clutter Like I look at it and I'm like Okay I know where where all the plants are here And I've seen all these chests And look there's vehicles Like I have to zoom in all the way In order to be able to like see What's actually in an area I think you're doing it a little wrong. Like, that's that's a lot of... Yeah,
0: and, and Dying Light, I think the only thing they kind of give you right off the bat is they give you the location of safe houses. Yeah. But it's on a blank map. Yeah. So you've got, like, a big black map with, like, the safe houses that are all marked red that you have to go and, like, acquire them, basically. Yeah. And, I mean, that, it, you know, if you think about it realistically, if you were in that situation... The people who are currently surviving in that area that you've been dropped in probably have safe houses marked on a map that they could give you and be like, "This is where you can find these safe houses if you need one." Yeah. So it's pretty, you know, realistic in that in that yeah. light. But they they definitely they they lent a lot to the exploration like mechanic of the game. And I, it's I'm still like I said I'm almost halfway through. I'm not even there's a whole other city I haven't even touched. Yeah. <laughs> so that and I can't wait. Like I'm really excited <laughs> to get there. So anything else you guys want to say about open world sandbox games?
2: Not at the moment. I know I'm sure we'll revisit because there's more of these games coming out all the time. And some of them do things that are great. And the order
0: open world. I don't even know. Like I I said before, like I'm so excited for that game, but I know nothing about it.
2: I don't think so. But I honestly couldn't say I have no idea. It just looks really cool. It's (laughs) yeah. I'm, I'm interested in it. So. I'll definitely pick it up, especially because it's a PlayStation exclusive. I think it's one of those ones that'll be important to talk about. So right on.
0: All right. Well, that is it for this episode of the Midwest Game Nerds Podcast. Uh, if you want to play along with us on Xbox Live or PlayStation Network, you can play along with me under Chan Constantine. You can play with Brian on Xbox Live under Elder Goat, and you can play with Alex here on PSN under John D Seventeen O Three. Uh, if you have any feedback, please send it to Midwest Game Nerds at gmail.com. Uh, I'd like to thank the Midwest Film Nerds podcast for, again, allowing us the opportunity to do this podcast. I don't know if you guys have any other last words you want to throw out here.
2: No? Uh, film Nerds, uh, when you hear this, our previous review will be Jupiter Ascending. Tim will be on it, so you'll definitely want to hear that one. And then I think the one that is coming up, it's either going to be like Seventh Sun, which is bombing at the box office with jupiter ascending right now or um i forget what the other one coming out next week is but i don't know we'll see stick tuned
0: so there you have it uh thanks so much for listening and hopefully we'll get you back next time not sure what we're reviewing yet but i'll hopefully have the website up and rolling and we can update you on that information as soon as we have it that being said go play some sweet games and buy dying light because it kicks
2: ass all right